Welcome to the Lowdown Podcast. Whether you're a broker, agent, investor, entrepreneur, or just looking to get started in real estate, look no further. Your host, Dustin Thomas and Andrew Fleeman, are business and real estate pros revolutionizing their market. This is your opportunity to get the lowdown. What is up, everybody? This is Dustin Thomas, and today I am in the zone. With he in the zone. Andrew Fleeman. Andrew, what's going on? Man, I'm going to be honest with you. Just got some killer news about one of my flip houses in Paragold. Literally answered prayer, so I am feeling really, really good right now. Good. I'm, I'm feeling good for you, man. It uh, It's always nice when you get that good, unexpected news. So. Yeah. Well, Clear and it's crazy. Close. Yes. Well, almost. We're almost there. We got yeah. a final approval, so I'm feeling good about so that. Close. So that's as close as you can get. It really without, is. What is that one saying? As close as you can get without getting your eyes wet. That's, <laughs> that's what it is. Well, today we are very excited. Um, we're going to start a two-part series today on failure. So today what we're going to talk about is why failure is necessary. So Andrew, today for our opening question, I want to ask you, what is the biggest lesson that you've learned from failure? So I have been through a lot of failure. I'm not going to lie to you. I've been through a lot of it. Um, and I think my main thing that I've always learned for failure is to never stop going. Like you can't ever stop. You can fail and fail and fail. But if you ever quit, you're going to shut down. Yes. And to me, that's my biggest thing with failure. Um, and I know that a lot of people look at failure as a really bad thing. But once you go through failure enough, you just get used to it. Um, and it's hard within, you know, the first year that you're failing, you're like, yeah. well, what the heck is going on? Um, but I think that when you fail, you, you eventually kind of get numb to it. Yeah. Um, so I think my biggest lesson is once you hit that numb portion, it's kind of like you can just keep going every single time. So that's for me, that's the biggest lesson I've learned from failure. Well, so one question that I always ask new agents is how do you deal with failure? And that's like, a great question how do you to ask feel about failure because you're going to fail in real estate. <laughs> well, if you're not failing, you're not learning, right? right? Or that should be the premise. It should so, be. Yeah. You know, one thing that, that when I first got into real estate and this is going to be my answer for it, but I talked to uh, one of my mentors and he said, you know, I had lost a pretty big deal, like a huge deal, you know, right. a really good, really good deal that, that gives significant income to your family. And he said, I sat around for two weeks and I just moped and I complained and I didn't want to go in the office and I didn't want to do real estate. And, and this that is does not, not just help real you estate, at all. Not just real estate, but any business. Right? right. And he said, I moped and I failed. And he said, when I got back to the office, I realized how many opportunities that I lost because I sat around and I moped and I cried and I complained. Yeah. So the biggest lesson that I learned from failure is you may fall, you yep. may stumble, but don't stop. Right. Because when you stop, failure has won. And right. we need to take failure as a lesson. And, you know, if you're not learning and you're not, you know, changing things as you go, and that's the thing, you always have to change things. Times change, the market changes, business changes, things change, the economy changes. So if you're not able to adapt to change, you're mm -hmm. failing. Right. And just, you know, like you said, just keep going and keep pushing because if we sit around and mope and complain, we miss opportunities. Well, and I think, um, you know, we're talking about failure and the lessons that we learn for failure, but I think a good place to start before we talk about um you know, the different lessons and why it's necessary to fail is what is failure? Yeah. So like, let's, let's break it down of what is failure. So I know that when a lot of people think of failure, they always look at it as a negative thing. Yeah. It's always painful. Um, it causes turmoil. Um, it's very difficult. It's agonizing. And it's literally, 
Um, but it's literally feels at the time, like one of the worst things that's ever happened to yeah. you. It feels like your whole world's come to an end. Uh, but what we have to realize is that failure is necessary. Like it, it is. is one of the most necessary things in life um, that we have. And one of the things that I was reading and it really kind of brought it back, but we think about children and when they're starting to learn to walk Yeah. Um, and you see a baby every single time they get up, they fall down, they get up, they fall down, they get up, they bump their head on the corner yeah, of the coffee yeah. table, blood's everywhere. Um, but you think about it like they're literally, they fall down and get up and fall down and get up. And what's so crazy is the parents are so confident that that baby's going to walk. Yeah. You just pick the baby up, put them back down and say, okay, come to daddy. Exactly. To mama. Yeah. They're so confident in it that they're going to walk. So I think my thing is why is failure when we're older looked at at a completely different way than when we're a child? Do you, do you, you want to know what I think? Is the yeah, it's just so, so interesting what, to me. What cares in the world does a baby have that's learning? No cares. Walk? What stresses in, in life does that baby have? That baby doesn't care about what people think about that baby. Yeah. They don't care how people look at it, how it's going to make Because it's a baby. <laughs> because it doesn't. So we've got to adapt to that. And I hate to say like have a baby mentality, but like when it comes to failure and when it comes to success, if you're too busy caring about what other people think, how other people look at you, and what opportunities they say, well, you failed at this and you didn't do this right. Don't worry about them. Like, is your success, are they, Are you going to let them dictate your success? Right, right. And the thing that I, I think we don't realize is that just like a baby has to go through standing up and falling and standing up and falling, us in life, we have to go through a specific order in life to get to where we're going to go. Correct. So, like, we where we fail in a business or we fail in a relationship or we fail in something, it's just like a baby getting up and falling down. Um, but society, they always tend to to, they always tend to look at success as the big excitement. Yes. That's the most exciting part. Everyone wants to look at success and celebrate success, but we never look as failures as a part of the growing journey. Um, and one of the things that was that I thought was we need to highlight epic journeys towards success as the big the big portion as the failures are a part of that. Um, so you know they're going to be they're going to be filled with trials and tribulations, setbacks. Uh, you may go bankrupt. I mean, you may lose a relationship. You may lose someone that you've always loved. Who I mean, wants to talk about their failure? They don't. No one does. Who wants to say, "Hey, I tried this, but I completely failed." Like right. I, and so you know, one thing that that's on our notes today that I've I've never heard this quote, and I've heard people kind of talk about it and mention it, but it's a quote from Michael Jordan. And uh, for you guys who are like in the goat thing, I sat here and had to do a little math before, <laughs> but it says I've missed more than 9,000 shots in my career. I've lost almost 300 games and 26 times I've been trusted to take the game winning shot and missed. I failed over and over and over again in my life. And that's why I succeed. Isn't that crazy? It is. It's also crazy that just on a side note, that <laughs> Let me just throw I this Googled, in here real quick. Uh, uh, for Austin Barker, one of our agents who's obsessed with LeBron James. <laughs> so Michael Jordan uh, has missed 28% of his shots, but LeBron James has missed 34% of his. That's all I'm saying. That's all he's That's saying. That's all he's now saying. continue with the failure. Well, <laughs> I think one of the things that we need to look at, so now we kind of know what failure is, but we need to look at why it's necessary to fail. 
It is, and that's so true. And today we're going to go over five lessons that we kind of have set out of why we think it's necessary to fail. Um, but we need to realize first that failure is a stepping stone to many other different things. Um, so if you've recently failed and you've been through a failure, this podcast is definitely for you. Um, and I know it's kind of for me as well because I failed in a few areas here lately that I'm learning from. But if we're not failing, we're not growing. We're not growing, exactly. Um, so the first one that we're going to go to is experience. So I feel like failure is the ultimate, ultimate person, not person, the ultimate, ultimate trial um, to gain experience on. So we go through something over and over and over again and we fail, but we gain firsthand experience. Yes. So it's not like we're listening to someone else that has failed. Now we are actually going through the process. And it's funny because I always use this line is the best lesson is a learned lesson. Yeah. And to me, that's so true because we go through many, and you could say failure in the spot of that. The best failure is a learned failure. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So if you've gone through it, now you've gained the experience of it. So for an example, for me, um, as far as failure goes, and I just got done finishing uh, talking to my high school, went back to my high school class of 2010, whoop, whoop. But I went back to the high school and uh, I was talking to the ninth and not through 12th graders and seventh and eighth graders. And the principal there was like, you know, we really need to teach these kids like that. Not everything is perfect. Yes. Not everything's going to work. Not everything's going to go as planned. The picture painted for you is not as great as people make it out. Right. I mean, everyone paints this gorgeous picture that everything's wonderful all the time, but it's really not like that. And we were talking about college and how like not everyone needs to go to college or if you go to college and you decide you don't like it and you, you flunk out or just drop out, that may be the best decision you've ever made. Um, and so one of the things that I was talking about when it came to failure was some of my t-shirt brands. So I have created three, at least three t-shirt brands of which I've sunk money into, I've sunk time into designing, you know, d tons of designs of which I have ran for a couple of years and they've all went out of business. Yeah. And so like you go back and look at those and I'm like, well, what did I learn from that? Mm -hmm. You know, what did I learn from that? Well, I learned how to build websites. Um, I learned how um, the design process goes and how t-shirts work. I learned the process of how t-shirts are created and how you can create your own line. Like there's a lot of stuff that I, I know I failed and I lost money on, but in the long run, I have learned so much from that. And I know that you've been through a couple things as well and not if, if they're actually failures or not, but it's something that you've learned from an experience that you've had. So like what's something that you've had that you've kind of been through that you've learned even so, a failure or not a failure. So I've had a lot of different businesses and I know that you've had businesses and you've kind of dabbled in some multiple different areas as well as I have my first actual business that I had as an adult, you know, and as a kid, I had a ton of business. Oh, yeah. like, I was the professional candy bar. So, yeah. you know, getting all the toys, but um, no. So my first business as an, as a young adult was, uh, I was as asbestos abatement contractor. Asbestos. So uh, our job was to go around bid jobs and remove asbestos from, from homes, from commercial buildings. Mm -hmm. So I got into that. I want to say I was 20, between 20 and 23. And, uh, so I got into it. I got my license in Arkansas, Tennessee, Missouri, and Mississippi. So my first job, we went down to Mississippi, uh, you know, got in touch with a company there that had the, um, the subcontractors available and you would just, you know, rent, 
I don't want, don't want to say rent them, but you would rent the right. labor, you know, for the people and they would come in and they would do the job and I would just be there to oversee it. So, you know, I had a big job there. Then I did a big job in Branson, me and my wife. It was just us at the time. We moved to Branson and lived out of a hotel for about a month. Yes, sir. Um, great experience. But we had a huge, uh, like 30,000 square foot um, wow. hotel that we were literally getting the asbestos out of for them to demo for Ripley's, believe it or not. So, you know, in that, I was like, man, I like this. It's pretty easy money, right? Yeah. And so I was like, okay, this job's done. Here, I submit this, and I get my money from the job. Cool. Well, everything is all fine and dandy. And then I'm like, oh, man, I got to, like, my accountant said, you need to pay taxes. I'm 20 to 23. <laughs> 20 to 23 years old. And I'm like, taxes? What are taxes? What are you talking about? <laughs> taxes? Like, I pay those at the end of the year, right? And yeah. he's like, no. He's like, you own a business now. Yeah. So that kind of set me up for, okay, everything's not just all easy and fine and dandy. And right. I've, got, I've got this relationship with this company that I can get some contractors for. And I know this is where I get my equipment and I can drive here and pick up a trailer, a decon trailer to shower and make sure that nothing is leaving the job site, you know, and coming home with these people. And uh, so that kind of taught me the experience of everything in business is not, I don't want to say as you expect, but it's not easy. Right. And it may be fine and dandy, um, but there are always lessons to be learned. No matter how old you are, no matter how long that you've been in business, there's always going to be something that comes up that you can take it and you can learn from the experience or you can let the experience destroy you. Right. Well, and I think that's so, it's so good. Like you've learned the experience of the things that are going along with running a business. I've learned the experience of, you know, failing and having brands that didn't succeed, but I feel like those have both improved our future selves Correct. of what we're doing right now. And I think that kind of comes to our second point um, that the, the reason it's important to fail is you grow your knowledge in something. Yes. And I, I've told those kids the other day when I was talking to them and I literally say kids because I mentioned that I, I was like ninth grade, what year is that? Mm, 2005. And I was like, Oh, y'all were just born in 2005. So yeah. y'all know nothing about 2005. And I was like, I'm showing my age. Anyway, um, talking about knowledge, when you're failing, you're learning. And I told those kids, I said, when you get out of high school or you get out of college, you need to continue to self-educate yourself and grow your knowledge. That's so true. <laughs> because I feel like we're always taught once we get out of school that we've learned everything we need to know um, and we're not self-educating ourselves. But for me, self-education through failure is so important because now that you've learned this specific thing that's happened in that failure in the future, you already know what's coming up. Yeah. So knowledge, you know, I'm a big, I love definitions. So, you know, the definition, the two definitions of knowledge that I've got written down here are knowledge is facts and information and skills that you acquire in the process. And right. The second definition is the awareness. I can't even read my own handwriting. <laughs> The, the uh, awareness of what you've gained. Right. So it kind of makes me think of... That's a really good one. Awareness of what you gain. Yeah. Because it's so true when you fail. So it makes me... You know, we were talking about babies earlier. So transition from childhood and from being a baby to being a toddler, right? Right. You say, hey, the stove is hot. Do not touch the stove. That happened to Eli. Wanda, Wanda, man, tell me about it. <laughs> you Stanton, burnt your hand. So don't touch the stove. Stanton, we always told him. We said, Stanton... Do not touch this. It's hot. Right. Stanton, this is hot. Do not touch this. Stanton, this is a fireplace. It may not be hot and on right now, but don't get by it and don't touch it because right. it's hot. So Stanton went through a phase where he loved everything was a telescope, right? He would look through it, put it up to his eye. Oh, and look through no. It. So we went riding around on a side-by-side one day, 
pull the side by side up on the trailer and the you know the exhaust pipe sitting there and if it runs it's, oh my gosh you know it's 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 hot it's on fire so stanton gets down and we're like stanton get away from it he's like okay and he was little he walks up to the back and he grabs the pipe and i know 100 percent that he was grabbing it to look through it because it looks like a cylinder right? yeah and as soon as he grabbed it, I said, Stanton, and grabbed him. And, oh, he started screaming, and he burnt his hand. So we went from Lovell to Jonesboro Speed and get, trying oh, yeah. to get him to the hospital. And we said, Stanton, don't touch that. To this day, when Stanton gets on a side-by-side or something, he looks at it. He's like, that's a pipe. I ain't messing with it. A stove, I'm not messing with it. But why? Because, because he knows he now. did something. The best lesson is a learned lesson. <laughs> he experienced. Okay, now he has facts. This right. is hot. I know from experience yeah. this is hot. I have information on this. If it's red and it's smoking and I can smell it, <laughs> it is hot. Yeah. I know what my, and I hate to say it like this, but I know what my burnt flesh feels like. I remember the feeling. I remember the smell. And he's much older now. Oh, yeah. But he has knowledge. And now he knows I'm not doing that. And that's what you got to talk about with failure is you have knowledge. And I love that we mentioned that. These were like the stepping stones because if you're walking barefooted on stepping stones and you miss one and hit one and bust your toenail, you're like, man, that hurt. Yeah. And then the next couple of times you go out there, you're making sure, okay, I've got to step right in the center of this mm-hmm. or I'm going to hit my toe because right. I remember. And that's what knowledge is. Yeah. Knowledge is remembering what things made you feel like, what things that you experienced, whether it's emotional feelings, whether it's financial loss and opening a company or starting a business. And that I feel like everything that we're talking about today, all of these lessons that you learn are good, but knowledge, you have to have knowledge because you have to remember all the other steps and what you've experienced in those steps to know that you don't want to fail and you want to learn and you want to grow from that failure. Well, you know, when you're talking about the steps that go along with it, and one of the examples that we have in our notes is we were, is Thomas Edison when he wanted to take electricity and make it commercially available to everyone, um, but what a lot of people don't know is Thomas Edison didn't just try one time and make the light bulb. I mean, it wasn't like that. He failed over 10,000 times yeah. just to create the light bulb. And with that, I think the thing that we miss with with the knowledge portion in failure. Okay, so you failed once. What have you learned from that? You've learned something, a little tiny chunk just from that one failure. Now take that one failure and multiply it times 10,000. And what 10,000 little things have you learned over every time you've failed and accumulated a massive amount of knowledge from every small failure? And so I, every time I fail, that's what I look at. I look at it every single time. I look at what little tiny chunk, and it can be a little tiny small chunk, what little tiny chunk have I taken from this failure and learned from it? And now I can take that and add it to my book. And I, I've started journaling. So every time I fail, I have an area in my journal that says yeah. failures and I write it down. And what you learned from it. Yeah, yeah. And what I've learned from it. And now once I, at the at three months down the road, I look back at them and I'm like, look at all of this knowledge I've accumulated from the failures that I've been through. But it's how you look at it. It's your, and I don't think any of this on on here uh, is why failure is necessary. So I'm going to go ahead and mention it, but it's the perspective. Yes. How do you look at failure? Are you looking at it like failure? Or are you looking at it like one experience? Are you looking at it like two, knowledge? Yeah. Like, you know, and you've heard the saying, like, you know, you don't fail. There's no such thing in failure. Or there's no such thing in losing. It's just the experience or just it's just learning. And it is. Yep. But you've got to fail to obtain that knowledge. Right. If everybody succeeds, I mean, what, you know, what is there? That, that's great for everybody. Honestly, I'm not saying everybody shouldn't succeed. I'm saying everybody should succeed. But it's going to take failure to get to 
to success. Yes, it's so true. Well, and I think once we've kind of been through the experience of it and we know the knowledge that's behind it, one thing that we really build when we're talking about failure, and that's kind of comes to our third point, is the resilience that we build with it. Yes. So I want to tell you something. When I was talking to these kids at the high school the other day, I was talking about failure a lot because I feel like we create this false perception that everything in life, especially when you're in high school, that everything in life is perfect and you're going to get out of high school and go to college and get a job. And like, I'm just telling you my first line that I, that I give, gave to him right when I walked in, I said, who in here wants to know what they want to do when they graduate high school? And probably three quarters of them raised their hand. And I said, take that and throw it in the trash can. Yeah. Cause I said, that's probably not going to happen. But one of the things that I told him when I was talking about failures is I looked at him and said, I love to fail. Yeah. And you should have seen their faces. They're like, this dude is stupid. Who yeah. They, talk was, like, they were probably thinking he's crazy. Um, but I, the, the thing about it is the reason I love to fail is because it does build resilience. Yes. Like the more I fail, the more, resilient. the more resilient I become to it. And that's where I was talking about like becoming numb to it. You almost do become numb to it because it's not as big of a deal anymore. I like that you mentioned like, you know, what do you, who knows what they want to do and I'll throw it in the trash can because I mean for the listeners and I mean even you and I like we've talked about what we wanted to be when we grew up on the podcast and like how many people out there listening are actually doing what you said, you know, as a teenager that you're going to be doing or want to do. Like I know some of my wife's friends, they went to college and got full degrees and went to work in that field for a year because that's what they wanted to do and like, hey, throw it away and they've went back to school to get other degrees and some are like, I'm not even going back to school. I'm going to work at a factory and make money right. and they're happy there. Right. But it's, you don't know because you haven't failed. You haven't like, you haven't had the experiences. And so, you know, again, the definition thing here, resilience, the definition is the capacity to recover quickly. Mm. I want to say that again, the capacity to recover quickly from difficulties. Yeah. So it's not setting around. It's not moping. It's not complaining. It's not griping. It's not saying I'm going to go home and like, you know, sit on the couch and eat Raymond and chips all day for right. a month. It is literally taking what you've learned, taking what you've failed and changing and it's adapting and it's recovering. Right. Well, and I think one thing when we're talking about resilience that a lot of people don't talk about is setting yourself up for what's about to come. Because I feel like a lot of people, they automatically think I'm going to start this business and I'm going to be super successful and I'm not going to have any problems with it. But I think we need to know that if we don't succeed on the first try or even the first few tries, then if we think that we're going to succeed up front, we've already set ourselves up for failure, for painful failure. And I mean, failure that's going to hurt. So if we know up in the beginning that something's going may go wrong and it will go wrong, then when the failure happens, it doesn't hurt as bad. Well, it's, I mean, you look at where we've been in, in the short two years that we've had Live Oak open. I mean, we came in and we said, this is what we're going to do. This is how we're going to do our structure. This is what we're going to do, you know, here, blah, 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 blah. And, you know, we've learned a lot. And oh I feel my like gosh, we've, yeah. we've learned and we've recovered quickly and we've learned from failure. And, you know, if you're not able to adapt and you're not able to recover and recover quickly, somebody's going to pass you. Somebody's yes. going to pass up what you're doing. And I love that, that, you know, what you just said is that, you know, if people think I'm going to go out here and I'm going to succeed on the first try. You're not learning. No, it's not. It is necessary to fail. Your success is necessary. Well, fail, there was, there was a line in here that said resilience helps to breed success by setting the game up to win. Mm. And like, to me, that is so deep. That is 
if you are be are if you are upfront being able to be resilient to any situation, you have already won the game. And in my book. And it's background work, right? Right. Like, okay, if you if you're a football coach and you go out and you say, Hey, you guys have played backyard football before, right? Yeah, okay, we're not gonna practice this week. We're gonna show up and we're gonna play this team on Friday night, Saturday night, Sunday, whatever football you watch, high school, college, professional. And you go out and you say, man, this game is awful. They're not doing anything. They're not covering assignments. Like this team has got 40 points on them in the first half. Like what's going on? Like it's like they're playing Georgia. <laughs> but um, <laughs> like if you don't have a game plan and you, you're not resilient, like, you know, okay, or you're a quarterback and you throw an interception. When you get out there the next time, what do you want to do? You want to throw the ball. I want right. to throw a touchdown because I've learned from this. I know I know I need to throw it up a little bit higher. I know I don't need to, you know, throw it so 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 short, whatever. You've got to learn and you've got to be resilient. And one thing that resilience is is you cannot be scared. Right. You can't be scared. Well, and another thing, like when you're talking about resilience, and I posted something on my social media the other day. Uh, by the way, if you're not following me on social media, look me up, Andrew Fleeman on Facebook, and also look Dustin up because we need some new friends. Anyway, yeah. so I was posted something on social media, and it said, let's start teaching children, teens, and college-age people that dreaming big dreams is important. You can do anything if you want to. And I was thinking about that, and it's the truth. But... What we also need to understand is it takes an enormous amount of work and effort and failure to dream big dreams because it, they don't just happen just because you dream them. You can't just speak it. I mean, I speak stuff into existence all the time. I'm going to do this. I am going to be the best. You know, I am going to acquire a million dollars this year. Or, you know, I've got all kinds of things that I say on a daily basis that are my affirmations. But we need to dream big dreams, but we have to learn that we need to build resilience through the failures and the amount of work and all the effort that goes in so our expectations are set right in the very beginning. Exactly. What happens if I don't succeed? Right. What happens? And that's what you don't think. And it's not the end of the world. So Andrew and I, I'll tell you guys this who, who are listening, Andrew and I are huge. We plan, we plan, we plan. But unlike other people where they just plan and they constantly plan and they don't ever pull the trigger. We pull the trigger and, you know, we, we rush to success. Right. But we also have plans on if this doesn't work, what's our next step? I mean, we just went through a big, massive, in my plan, I kind of look at it as a failure. Yeah. You know, like we really had our, and I, and again, I've gotten better at setting my expectations because I know what's going to happen, but I know, I feel like you felt the same way. Like we really had this planned out. We thought it was going to work. And it just didn't happen. Well, when we sit down, and that's why. That's but what why. did we do? Because it was the resilience. But we what did down. we do a few days after that? Exactly. We, <laughs> we pulled our pants up and went to work. Exactly. What's so the next thing we can do? It's sitting around and saying, okay, this is what we need now. But is it going to hold mm-hmm. for our growth, right. for our structure? Right. And, and, you know, yeah, it's, a, it's a, a means to a fix now, but it's only causing a bigger problem in the future. Right. And in business and in success that's part of failure. That's part, That's of, part it. of it. People say, I need to do this and I need to do it now. And they don't look at the future. Right. They don't say, "Is how long is this going to tide us over? Is this going to be a two-year fix or is it going to be a five-year fix? Or, I mean, we've grown, I said it the other day, I did the calculations. We have grown 825% Since in we've two opened. years. Yeah. 825% in two years. So if you say, okay, let's span that over a 10-year jump. 
I mean, what company out there says, I don't want to grow 825% in 10 years. We've done it in two years. But if we said, okay, in 20 years, 825, the plan that we had and what we wanted to do at that time is not working. It doesn't work. Right. It's, not, it's not, it's a solution for a short term. Yes. Well, and I think that, I mean, honestly, you're talking about growth and our growth. And that kind of leads us into the next point yes. of lesson number growth. four, the growth from failure. Um, and I think the first line in our notes here, when we fail, we grow and mature as human beings. Yes. And I feel like that is so important. Well, it's not just that, but it's, you know, the reason is because we've, you know, as a whole, we reach the deeper meaning and the understandings about life, about business, about success. You do. About family. And, you know, if, if you're not growing, like if you show me a business that's not growing, they're failing. Right. You really are. Well, and I think another thing, I, w- I was going to throw a football example, but this one just hit me really hard because we, I always think about um, um, Arnold Schwarzenegger and his full – You do job. Yeah, like I always think of his journey and like where he came from and how no one believed in him. But it made me think of like growing your muscles. Yeah. Like you've got to tear your muscles to grow them. So like if we look at failure like that, like we almost have to be torn down to be able to be built back Correct. up again. That's a great, that's a great it, point. It just hit me. I, I don't know how that happened, but it just hit me. But Thank I was just Jesus. thinking about Thank that. Yeah. But like gr- failure and growth go together perfectly. Like that's how life was designed. Exactly. Like, and I think, but the, the way society looks at it is that's not life is how life is designed. You look at TV shows, you look at social media, you look at the news, everything is built to where people just think that success is everything and it comes easy and that's the way it happens. But no one, and I know you've seen that graphic that shows the iceberg with the tip of it and it shows success and then it shows the massive iceberg underneath the water. It's kind of like what you meant. You commented me on Facebook the other day. You said, you want to know what it's like to run a business? Have you ever sat down and drank a Red Bull to relax? (laughs) To relax. I was like, that's it. (laughs) And so like, and I, I just feel like that graphic of you see the tip of the iceberg, but you don't see the full iceberg underneath the water. Shout out to the Titanic. You know, oh yeah, shout out to her. (laughs) Um, But it's, you know, everything we're talking about today, the experience, the knowledge, the resilience, the growth is coming back to this is why you have to fail. You have to fail to gain experience. You have to fail to gain knowledge. You have to fail to gain resilience. And you have to fail to get growth because if you let failure take over, and you don't grow from it, you will never succeed. Right. And that's why failure, success is important. Failure, goodness, if I can talk to you, <laughs> failure is important to make sure that you succeed. Yeah. Well, and I there's one of our last lessons that we're going to talk about today, number five. And with failure, you have to learn about value. Now, this is, mm, this is a good one. And one of the first lines in this is, one of the biggest lessons that we can learn from life's failures is the necessity to create and spread an exceedingly high amount of value. Mm. And I listened to a podcast, the first podcast I ever listened to, and one of Rod's main things that he always said was, create value. In every situation, create value, create value, create value. And he said, if you continue to create value, success will come to you through you creating value. And I think when we look on our on our failures, we have to say, what value did I bring to this or what value did I not bring to this to understand why it failed? So that next line is what kind of gets me. So it says, value lies at the heart of success and lack of value is a fundamental pillar to failure. Yes, and it's so true. Man, like, okay, <laughs> I'm just going to say it, read a little louder for the people in the back. But, so it says, value lies at the heart of success 
and a lack of value is a fundamental pillar to failure. So true. Bro, like we could end the podcast. Right? Yeah, like that's, done. My drop. Man. Feels like somebody would say that in church. You know? Yeah. It's, uh, but man, I mean, when you look at all of these lessons for why it's necessary, you have to have these to get into the next part of what we're going to talk about into a later podcast. And it's how to recover from failure. Yeah. Because if you don't take all of these experiences, hello, you know, number one, <laughs> if you don't take all the experiences of failure, how are you going to add value? If you just go out day one and say, hey, I'm doing this, I'm doing this. What have you experienced? What have you went through in failure to be able to add value to someone's situation? In anything in life, not just business, but to your family life. You've got to add value there. But you experience things to add more value. So it's the experiences that we go through that add value to the things that we are going to go through or the things that we love about everything in life. Yeah. Well, I think in both failures and successes... We need to sit down after that failure or after that success, that success, and we need to say, what value did I bring? What value did I didn't bring? What made this work? What made this not work? And I feel like when you look at failures and you look at the value that you've, you've, you've brought to the table there, you'll learn very quickly that you didn't bring enough value and that's why you failed. So, so, I mean, I feel like this is, been one of the best podcasts we've had. I really enjoyed this one. What is failure? Why it's necessary to fail? And I'm really looking forward to next week's podcast when we go to how to recover for failure. So it's going to be really, really good. I'm pumped. Yeah. So let's go on our outro question here. So Dustin, what are you avoiding because you think it's hard or scary? Man, I was hoping I would get to ask you that first. No, it's going to be me, dog. So I I can think a little bit. (laughs) If you want me to answer, I'll go ahead. Well, okay. So, yeah, go ahead because I've got to think a little bit because that's a tough question. It is a tough question. So I will tell you, when I first read this question, and I I always hate to say this, but always been an overweight dude since I was young, Um, and I think I am avoiding losing weight because I think it's difficult. Yeah. I think it takes a lot of time. I think it takes a lot of sacrifice when honestly, in the full scope of things, it's really not that hard. It's literally changed my diet and go exercise. It's a sacrifice. It's a correct. So I feel like I'm avoiding that because I think it's hard and I think it's a scary feat to tackle. And I'm kind of like, well, you know, I could just keep going the way I'm going, but then when I'm 45, I may have a heart attack and croak over dead. So don't want to do that. <laughs> no. So I feel like that's one thing that I'm avoiding because I think it's hard or scary. When in all reality, if I would just do it, even if I failed, it would be okay because I'd learn from that failure. And if I succeeded, I would be beyond happy. So I'm gonna. Mine's a little different, um, and I was kind of throwing around if I wanted to, to talk about this or not because it's not really anything business or personal, but it's something that's more mental for me. But so the question was, what are you avoiding because it, you think it's difficult or scary? So we own a business. We have 40 agents. Mm-hmm. The agents do transactions. I have to see those. I have to broker those. I have to look over that. So everything that comes through the business comes through me. Right. So my phone rings nonstop. So for the last about month, I've been trying to go home and put my phone up certain days of the week, certain nights, not, and I hate to say this, be involved in group me as much, but looking at what my phone has taken away from me with my time for my family, I've had to make some adjustments in my life lately for that. 
And it's tough because I'm like, okay, what if this person needs this right now? Right. Or what if this deal doesn't get sent in time and another offer gets there and they accept that offer and beat it and that agent is mad at me? Right. Or I need to be available for my agents. Luckily, God has increasingly blessed our business to where we've got five other brokers now that we're slowly, you know, getting them involved and getting them to do some transactions. But the other day I went to a revival service at my home church that I grew up in and I took my kids and my wife and we had another guy from church that went with us. And so my phone was going off in church and I, you know, of course I keep it on vibrate. I don't want to be disrespectful and, you know, cause people to turn around and look at me, but (laughs) you don't want to be that guy. (laughs) I stuck my phone in the back of the pew. And so, you know, we're listening to the minister and then we go up front and everybody's, you know, praying. And then after church, of course, it's your home church. You grew up in, you brought your kids. Everybody wants to talk to you. So we talked for about 20 minutes after church and I get in the car and turn my phone over. And I think there was like 80 messages in group me. And then I had like, 15, oh yeah, group me blew up that night. 15 text messages and like four missed calls. And I'm like, what, what has, has happened? happened? <laughs> no, I can't do this. The live oak office is burned down. <laughs> yeah, like, so, I mean, that's my fault. I was like, man, this is crazy. But so, you know, I'm, I'm scared and I'm, I was avoiding doing that because I, I, I think about other people. That's my big thing. I care about people. I'm huge on relationships. I want to make sure that Lacey says you don't want any, nobody to not like you. And mm-hmm. I mean, that's, you know, that's kind of true. I don't want it to be unliked by people, yeah. but at some point in business and in success, you've got to sit down and you got to say, the reason that I'm doing this is for my family, for the life that I want to live. And I don't want them to fail. Right. Right. Or I don't want to fail them because, because I'm so focused on growing the business and growing the successful side. So that's mine. And I know it's nothing deep or anything, but I feel like in business at some point you've got to unplug. But I feel like a lot of people can relate with that. Like, I feel like the whole phone issue, like I literally told those kids the other day in high school, I said, put down your phone and have conversations in person. And that's what's missing in the world now. It is is good communication. It is. And I told somebody the other day I was talking to, we were talking about getting some people together at our house for church. And I said, I wonder if when they walked in, I had a basket and I said, text who you need to text and tell them you're not going to have your phone for an hour. People would probably turn around and walk out. They probably would. But like you engage with people and you get to know people and you have that one-on-one interaction that they used to have. And I feel like that's one reason that everything used to be so strong is because you had deep, meaningful conversations with people. Now we're like, hey man, how's it going? Good. Let me text this person right here. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, man, really? That's what's going on? So I had to unplug. Well, I think that's good. Well, man, I'm super excited about today's podcast. I feel like we went over some really good stuff and I feel like a lot of this stuff can really correlate with a lot of people's lives. So make sure and come back for the next podcast. Uh, we talked. listen to our podcast, you're failing. That's right. <laughs> uh, make sure and come back to our next podcast, um, how to recover from failure. And we're going to talk about uh, a few different options on how to recover from failure. So super excited. Let's go to the next one, Dustin. Woo woo. <laughs> we'll see y'all later. Thank you for listening to the Lowdown Podcast. If you want more information about Live Oak Real Estate or the Lowdown Podcast, check out listwithliveoak.com or our Facebook page at Live Oak Real Estate. Make sure and hit that subscribe button and don't forget to share the Lowdown Podcast.